Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 89. Uh, unlike the past couple episodes, we actually have a lot to talk about. Um, any, everything talking about anywhere from the All-Star Game rosters that were unveiled, along with the coaches for those teams, people getting signed, people... Um, stirring up shit and so on and so forth it's it's all over the place but it's okay um better to have a lot to talk about than nothing at all and try to make an episode of that so hey here we are let's get started now first off uh um we got some got some signings out of the gate uh first off uh, the LA Kings have named Mark Bergevin, former general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, as a senior advisor to general manager Rob Blake. So um, congrats to Bergy for getting, uh, getting a job after getting uh, canned as the uh, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. After, mind you, the Montreal Canadiens went to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1993. But hey um but you also look at their season currently and you can probably kind of understand that but montreal gonna do what montreal does um and i guess la is doing what la does but you know when you look at the standings uh the proof's currently in the pudding at the moment on uh his success uh and that is general manager rob blake as he has now been signed to a multi-year contract extension so congrats to them and looking at, you know, spoiler alert, Kings are going up in the standings, which we'll get to at the, um, at the other half of the show after the ad break. Um, but yeah, um, should it, what they're doing seems to be working. Uh, and it looks like not necessarily a rebuild for the uh, LA Kings, at least at the moment. It's more or less like a retool because um, it did shed some uh salary did move some older players out to make uh room for the youth so um so far it's it's looking pretty good for them uh boston bruins have signed goaltender tuka rask after uh his contract expired tried to go for free agency he also had his hip surgery uh and he's been recovering for his hip surgery um which they gave him a one-year one million dollar contract so he's with the big club now he was uh, doing some skates and even had a tryout with the, their AHL affiliate, the Providence Bruins, uh, which then he got separated from that. But then the Boston Bruins decided, hey, let's just have a big, big club contract for him. So uh, there you go. Tuka Rask back with the Bruins. Uh, Iowa Wild, the AHL affiliate of the, uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild, have signed forward Eric Stahl to a professional tryout which uh, has been said that Stahl will be using this opportunity uh, with the Wild to tune up before uh, representing uh, Team Canada at the 2022 Winter Olympics that starts in a couple weeks from now. Actually, I want to say, yeah, it's like two weeks from now is when they start. Uh, although official rosters haven't come out yet, uh, kind of concerning to me, but also it's probably because the NHL sites, nah, we ain't going to go anymore. Uh, so they're scrambling to try to find, you know, people to feel the team. So um, if you're a team that wasn't slated to be a silver or a gold medal, you might have a close shot, but we'll see. Uh, talent pool in Canada and the United States is uh, pretty good. So um, 
we'll see how that goes. Um, speaking of the Minnesota Wild, though, they have agreed to terms with defenseman John Merrill, former Vegas Golden Knight. How about that? Um, to a three-year, $3.6 million contract extension. So um, good for John Merrill and the Minnesota Wild. Um, yeah, there you go. Although now we get into some of the less than desirable news here. Um, depending on, on what side of the fence you are. So according to Michael Trakos of Post Media, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been connected to Evander Kane along with the Carolina Hurricanes, Edmonton Oilers, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning, Vegas Golden Knights. And and the initial report was six teams were interested, potentially, and then anywhere upwards to 20 teams were interested in Evander Kane services. Now, with that said, uh, the NHL hasn't launched an investigation against forward Evander Kane for crossing into the Canada border uh, crossing the can- Canadian border without proper medical clearance, so vaccination, on December 29th after testing positive for COVID-19 on December 21st, per Elliot Friedman, and that this is the event that triggered uh, the Sharks to put him on waivers for uh, contract termination, um, which uh, Friedman goes on to say that it will likely delay uh, Vander Kane signing a new contract until the investigation concludes. And then shortly after that, according to former referee and insider Tim Peel, the Edmonton Oilers have now found themselves uh, found themselves to be the number one uh, team in the uh, sweepstakes for Vander Kane, uh, which now right before recording uh just to make sure anything else came out about it allegedly you know, first off there was a little press conference where a reporter was asking uh both um dave tippett it clicked i i lost it and then i was like who who's the uh, edmonton oilers the head coach right now um t- dave tippett who um along with uh, Oilers captain Connor McDavid both asking the same question. Uh, so, uh, how do you feel about the prospect of Evander Kane coming to the team? And basically, the whole um, the whole answer for basically both of them was, "Hey, you know, we trust Ken Holland's judgment, and if he's here, he's here. Cool. If he's not, then cool. Either or, uh, they're indifferent on the matter." Uh, and that's all they're really going to say about it. So basically, that's like, I guess you could say that that's kind of confirming the unconfirmed in the sense that he could be there. Um, although it'd be kind of interesting, it, it's kind of weird also in the sense that, you know, coming from a Pacific Division team to another Pacific Division team, and you're going to be bound to face the Sharks a couple, you know, a couple times. Uh, left in the season, I'm pretty sure they've still got games against the Sharks in this, this season. So, um, if once this, I mean, depending on when this investigation concludes, because he can't sign a new contract until this is concluded. Uh, because along with that, 
the investigation is to not only see, well, mainly is to see whether or not it is sufficient. There's sufficient evidence to support the Sharks' decision to terminate this contract. Because if it comes that the Sharks don't have conclusive evidence to justify their means, then they can't con- uh, terminate his contract for that reason. But considering the dude still isn't vaccinated and with the league and also considering how Canada is right now with uh, vaccinations, you know, whether, whether you like it or not, like depending on what side of the aisle you are, regardless, when you're talking about multinational you know, yeah, multinational, you know, affairs going between borders and how, you know, certain countries' health programs are completely different and laws are completely different. You got to have to be safe and sorry there. And that is not the case. That's not how it works. Uh, it seems to be working out. So, um uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, but uh, yeah, interesting. So, side note, Columbus Blue Jackets suspended forward Gregory Hoffman after he decided not to return to North America following a personal trip to Switzerland. Uh, and then he was given permission by the club to step away for personal reasons, which has ended up why he went to Switzerland. Um, and then he, while he was over there, told uh, Yarmo Kekalainen, the general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, that he uh, was like, yeah, nah, I ain't coming back. Uh, which he's like, yeah, we're, we're disappointed, but we have no other uh, no other choice but to suspend him. Um, and subsequently after that, uh, he, while he's over there, he's like, you know what? I'm going to join the friggin', uh, a team over in Europe instead of coming back to the, the NHL. And I guess that's going to go through. So cool. Um, stepping back from uh, players and stuff, but kind of along the lines of disciplinary action, uh, Rick Bonus, the uh, head coach for the Dallas Stars, have been, has been fined back on January, well, January 10th. He got uh, fined $25,000 for his actions on the bench immediately after the game uh, against the St. Louis Blues uh, on, that occurred on January 9th, Sunday, January 9th, um, which is a really funny. It, I mean, if you mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the Stars too, but, you know, as a Blues fan, um, and even if there's a hockey fan, it's kind of funny seeing his, uh, I mean, obviously if you're a star, like all in on the Stars, you know, it's not funny, but if you're in any other fan base, it's kind of funny where uh, Rick Bonus was kind of pissed because they didn't call uh, a penalty when they, I guess they were supposed to. And uh, he took a stick and he was just bashing on the freaking glass that's behind the bench, uh, behind the bench. And he's like, fuck off, fuck off, oh, fuck off. And then freaking trying to uh, break the stick and he couldn't break the stick. Um, which then subsequently uh, after that, uh, Craig Berube, the, the Blues' head coach, was asked about that. He's like, hey, I wouldn't have a problem trying to snap a stick. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Craig Berube snap a stick, uh, although it would be kind of scary, uh, especially if I was on the on the team 
and then seeing Craig Burby snap a stick and be like, oh no, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Or um, be like that, uh, the kid from The Simpsons in the back of the school bus where he's being like, I'm in danger. Um, but yeah, $25,000 chump change for Rick Bonus. But uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but something that wasn't funny, but kind of badass though. Uh, Ottawa Senators forward Connor Brown took a puck to the jaw two nights ago during warmups. Um, not thinking it was uh, anything. Uh, he played the full game. He recorded a goal and an assist and picked up the, the second star of the game that day, uh, getting two points. It's good. Um, but then turned out that uh, his jaw was broken and now he's out indefinitely for the rest of the season. So, um, hey. What a trooper. What a trooper. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, they're trying to being safe. Sorry, I also consider it, you know, where they are in the standings. I can imagine why they just keep them out indefinitely. Because if they were, if this was the playoffs, they'd probably pull as a Daniel, uh, he'd probably pull as a Daniel Chara in the 2019 Stanley Cup final, where uh, same kind of thing happened to him, but it was during the game where he broke his jaw and uh, he just ended up playing the rest of the series with a fishbowl on. So, um, but yeah, better be safe than sorry there. Now switching gears into um all-star game talk. So first off, uh the coaches for the Angel All-Star game uh have been announced. So for the Atlantic division will be Andrew Burnett of the Florida Panthers. Uh Metropolitan Division will be Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. The Central Division will be Jared Bednar of the Colorado Avalanche. And the Pacific Division will have Peter DeBoer of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, now, as for the teams, um, your rosters currently uh, be for Team Atlantic, the Atlantic Division team will be Drake Batherson of the Ottawa Senators, Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins, Jack Campbell of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow, I know. Um, Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Jonathan Huberdo of the Florida Panthers. Dylan Larkin of the Re Detroit Red Wings. Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs. Nick Suzuki of the Montreal Canadiens. And Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now moving on to the Metropolitan Division team will be Sebastian Ajo of the Hurricanes. Uh, Frederick Anderson of the Carolina Hurricanes. Adam Fox of the New York Rangers. Claude Giroux of the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils, Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers, Alex Ovechkin, even though he probably won't play, he'll probably get the one-game suspension like he normally does and just sit out, but, you know, I digress, uh, of the Washington Capitals, Adam Pellick of the New York Islanders, and Zach Orensky of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And moving on to the West, uh, Western Conference side of the aisle here, we have Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets, Alex Dabrinkin of the Chicago Blackhawks, Kyril Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild, Clayton Keller, St. Louis, St. Louis boy, St. Louis area boy, uh, representing the Arizona Coyotes, how, how, uh, Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues. Uh, Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche, Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars, UC Soros of the Nashville Predators, and Camp Talbot of the Minnesota Wild. 
And lastly, for the Team Pacific, Pacific Division, Jordan Eberle of the Seattle Kraken, Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks, Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers, Jonathan, oh, not Jonathan, although his name is also technically Jonathan, but Johnny Goudreau of the Calgary Flames, John Gibson of the Anaheim Ducks, Adrian Kempe of the LA Kings, the Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers, Timo Meyer of the San Jose Sharks, Alex Petrangelo of the Vegas Golden Knights, and El Capitan, uh, El Capitan, Mark Stone of the Golden Knights, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who also are hosting the All-Star Game at T-Mobile Arena in, LA, in Las Vegas. So um, there you go. And we have our uh, last men in as well. So um, if you want to vote for the last men in for the all-star game let me find the graphic that's easier to read because nhl.com decides hey i'm gonna put a large article and you're gonna have to scroll down and try to sift through all the bullshit i ain't trying to sift through all the bullshit i just want a nice pretty graphic to look at and be like yeah that makes sense this is easy to read which of course they uh they don't have good ones, actually. Do they? Central, 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 central. Okay. So, of course, they can't make it easy. Can't make it easy for last minute. In. There was a graphic that I can't find. And it's really making me angry because <laughs> I can't find it. It was a nice, easy, breezy, beautiful. There it is. All right. So um, let me see. Although, actually, they just have last names. I don't know a lot of the, the first names. So, hey, well, I guess we'll sift it this way. So for the Atlantic Division last men in, you have an option to vote for one of each for one player for each division to be last men in. So Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings is eligible. John Tavares of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You have Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Brady Kachuk for the Ottawa Senators, although, uh, although I don't know why he's not already in, but hey, make it happen. Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins, Tyler Toffoli of the Montreal Canadiens, Tage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres, and Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers. So there is your Atlantic division. So scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up for the Metropolitan Division. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. Cam Atkinson of the Philadelphia Flyers. Matthew Barzal of the New York uh, New York Islanders. I don't know why he's not in either. <laughs> um, Jesper Bratt of the uh, the New York Rangers. Not New York Rangers. He was on the Rangers, but he's on the. Uh, was he on the Rangers? No. I'm thinking of Jesper Foss, not Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt is a, is a devil. Yeah, New, York, uh, New Jersey Devils. 
uh, Jake Gensel of the Penguins, Evgeny Kuznetsov of the Washington Capitals, Andrei Svechnikov of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and Jacob Voracek of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Mika Zibanejad of the New York Rangers. So um, there is your Metropolitan. Going to your Central, Brian Hartman of the Minnesota Wild, Seth Jones of the Chicago Blackhawks, Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators, Nazem Kadri, which we'll circle back on him right after we, we finish this and do the Pacific Division last minute ends. Nazem Kadri of the uh, Avalanche, Phil Castle of the Coyotes, how, how? Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, and Robert Thomas, baby, Robbie T of the St. Louis Blues. So uh, there you go for the Central Division. And lastly, they don't have one for the Pacific. But I can do my best. So I don't know the first name of him, but Terry, last name Terry of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I think it was like Sam Terry or something like that. But regardless, he's he's last man in candidate. Matthew Kachuk of the of the Flames, Darnell Nurse of the Edmonton Oilers, Drew Doughty of the LA Kings, Logan Couture of the San Jose Sharks, Mark Giordano of the Seattle Kraken. JT Miller of the Vancouver Canucks and Jonathan Marcheseau at the Pacific division. Now for St. Louis blues fans out there, or if you're a Calgary fan or if you're a Ottawa fan, Hey, we all need to stick together. Um, the Calgary flames is uh, Twitter had a really good idea. And I uh, was ahead of the curve there. Uh, did that vote. Spoiler alert, that's my vote. Um, where he's like, hey, St. Louis. How and hey, Ottawa. How about we get together, fan bases collectively together, and uh let's have a little pact here. How about uh we uh look after each other? Um, I'll vote for you guy, you vote for my guy, you know. Hey, let's let's make it happen. So, you know, both Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk have big ties, St. Louis, they're from here their dad played here and you know blues want their guy into robert thomas lighten it up as he does freaking great um so how about everyone vote for matthew kachuk brady kachuk and robert thomas the 10 times a day and uh call it a day and hey metropolitan do whatever the hell you want but atlantic pacific essential we got it we got it locked down now, for Pacific Division, I'd imagine somehow, some way, Jonathan Marsh. So, regard, I mean, regardless, love Marshy, love Marshy, but also consider it's in Vegas. So, I would imagine they want the most, you know, mo the most uh, players for the Pacific Division being the host, you know, host team. But regardless, um, but yeah, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, Robert Thomas. Get them in. Get them in. Get them in. Right now. Like right now. Like as you're listening to this. I don't, yeah, right now. I mean, if you're driving, you know, if, if, if you're driving right now, 
How about you you pull over, you pull over right now, and you vote for Matt and Brady Kachuk and Robert Thomas. And if you're a Metropolitan Division fan, well, you know, pick your guy. But hey, both Kachuks and Robbie T, get him in. Get him in. Um, and also get, get Robert Thomas in on top of the fact that he deserves to be in there, but also to keep Kadri out of there uh, to piss off Nathan McKinnon. Uh, as we segue into that, because uh, there was a press, I guess it was like during the end of the game or something like that. Um, something came up about Nazem Kadri not being in the All-Star game, even though they have McKinnon and McCarr already two guys from the two guys from the Avalanche in the All-Star game. But he wants to bitch and moan because Nazem Kadri, even though he is on the last man in ballot, he's bitching and moaning because oh, not every team should have a representative in the in the in the um, All Star game. Now, number one, I'll say this: the All Star game isn't like it used to be. All right, it's been well known. It's it's nowhere near like it used to be. It actually used to be like kind of like a, you know, badge of honor kind of. Now it's kind of like a, hey, you know, let's take a break in the middle of the season and kind of do this, you know, fun thing for all the all 30, you know, 32 uh, franchises and uh, have representation from everyone and whatever. So, I mean, I see the point on why the NHL wants to at least have one player from each team to be there. Because guess what? It's the be- it's odds are the best person at the moment on each team and every single team is represented and also consider that the all-star game is on a national broadcast. Although I don't, I don't know what channels, I don't know if it's ESPN that's going to carry it or it's TNT either, or it's going to be on, you know, national broadcast. And um, they're going to want to have every single market tuning in because their guy is in the All-Star game. Now, I mean, I can understand the, the, the sentiment of what he's trying to say. But at the same time, when you have players like Alex Ovechkin, where like yeah, in the beginning of his career, yeah, he showed up. But at one time, one at one point, he's like, "All right, okay, I appreciate the votes and all that to be in the All Star game." But I'm a I'm gonna do what everyone else that doesn't go to this dog and pony show does and go on vacation and rest up for the rest of the season because you know kind of an important guy for my team so i'm just gonna i'm gonna take the the one game suspension for skipping the all-star game and uh be, get the fuck out um so when you have players like that doing that kind of takes the wind out of the sails of what he's trying to say because you know i don't know but yeah he he, he can i mean 
your opinion your opinion it's all fun and dandy but don't expect me anyone to really listen to what you've got to say because you know kind of interest you know kind of yeah i find it a bad take i mean there's a lot of people i mean i've 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 seen on hockey twitter because hockey twitter being hockey twitter um that agree with him but at the same time like you got to understand what the nhl is trying to do also consider as the nhl is trying to capitalize on all 32 teams at once what better time to do that than the all-star game because you ain't doing the playoffs because only 16 teams like half yeah literally half of the league gets in the other half sits out and hopes for the best for uh, a high draft pick. That's all they do. So, hey, I, I've got no quarrels with it. But if you got a quarrel with it, you know, I guess you got to suck it up and live with it. That's all I got to say. But things, uh, but segueing to things that uh, not sucking up, but kind of suck for this aforementioned team that I'm currently donning their, their jersey or sweater, however you want to call it on. Um, Arizona Coyotes. The ballad of the Arizona Coyotes must continue as the Arizona Coyotes are not expected, although by now I'm pretty sure it, it's confirmed that they did not get the votes for the Tempe City Council from the Tempe City Council to approve their $1.7 billion plan to build a new arena in the city of Tempe to keep the Arizona Coyotes in the state of Arizona. As the uh, city of Glendale decides, nah, after the season, get the fuck out of our building. As uh, which also, uh, right after that, the um, right after news of the Arizona Coyotes being uh, basically kicked out of the Gila River Arena after the season, where they will be homeless if they don't get a deal done. And time and time is of the essence, which is also why um, do I have that in here? Yeah, um, which is why kind of segueing the segue and the segue, kind of doing like three stories at once. It all comes comes together. Where um, the Quebec government was meeting up with Gary Bettman company to try to potentially get a uh, a team, or basically be like, hey, so what are the chances of us getting a team, getting the Nordiques back? And he's basically like, yeah, no, ain't happening, bud. Um, but yeah, circling back to the Coyotes. Um, so basically, just to get that out of the gate, Nordiques ain't coming back, at least not in the long, not in the near future. So anyone that's hoping that the Arizona Coyotes are going to be like the Thrashers, turning into the Jets in that whole situation, looks like from you know the looks of it ain't happening. Off the table is what Gary Bettman is basically saying. So as the thumbnail says, if you're watching a YouTube video, it'll have KC, Houston, Quebec, and I think I have one other team, one other city on there. Um, but if there's anywhere that Arizona Coyotes move, I would suspect either Houston or KC, preferably KC, please and thank you. But I know Arizona has been talks of relocating that team for the longest time. Ever since they got there in 1995, that they've been adamant. They've even held ownership of the team 
to keep them there. They've done freaking revenue sharing to keep them there. Over 20 years doing this shit to keep them there. But now they have Vegas in that market, in that area. I understand Phoenix is a big market. It's a big TV market. I get it. I understand. The dollars, they're there. But guess what? The city don't want you there. None of the cities want to fund the shit. So unless the league was to come and pay for an arena all to themselves, I don't see it happening, at least as it seems. Because Glendale will want them there, clearly. Phoenix don't want them there. That's also why they moved out of Phoenix in the first place into Glendale with their year-to-year lease that they've been on for the longest while at the Gila River Arena. Trying to go into Tempe. Tempe ain't working. So, um, which, per the sources of Craig Morgan, that apparently there were three yes votes, two no votes, and two that were undecided. But they the undecided were leading toward no. So, although, the, the thing that could it, it's where the coyotes just kind of shot themselves in the foot is that the reason why the no's are the no's and the undecided who are leaning toward no is because right after uh it was a couple weeks ago whenever right after they were like all right tempe this is our plan give you revenue of a of the coyotes but also you know give you a, a team to cheer for and also just keep the coyotes in Arizona. The thing that kind of shot them in the self in the foot is being late, paying their taxes. That is the thing. Their financial struggle, the struggles in their, you know, as the history of the coyotes, they have not ever posted a fucking profit at all. This team has not posted a profit since coming to Arizona. That's the big red flag, along with the fact that they were late paying their taxes, even though just like when they were also late paying per diems and shit, they called a, oh, it was a clerical error. You know, here, here you go. Totally wasn't going to try to get away with that or anything like that. No. Yeah. that re- and I can understand why you, for a big, prospect of 1.7 million dollars of public money going into a building that you know won't even regardless won't even get paid uh finished till 2026 and even then you'd have to find somewhere to play unless you're trying to play in tucson with your ahl affiliate good luck freaking booking that along with uh there's a rumor going around that if they were to get a deal done that they could be playing um games at chase field the home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, which number one, tearing up that field with a NHL rink. Okay. Along with um, the fact that scheduling uh, around, I mean, Diamondbacks don't really go in playoffs. I mean, don't really affect you at least to start the season, but the end of the season, whenever uh, games are about to start in April and stuff like that. Yeah. It kind of overlaps, but I guess they could, you know, the time being start their home game season a little later, but um, yeah, I can see the, the problem with that, but um, yeah, Arizona is mess, man. 
Um, and we're in what? The freaking literally the midpoint of January. We're literally in the uh, midpoint of January, and we're still asking question. What what's the future of the Coyotes now? That's also why the prospect of oh yeah an emergency relocation just like how the Thrashers had that happen it was an overnight thing it was there was no really thinking about it like they even at that draft that year's draft they didn't even whenever the Winnipeg Jets uh, drafted all their players in 2011 they didn't have the Winnipeg they didn't get a Winnipeg Jets jersey it was just a black jersey that had the NHL logo on it. So, I mean, it's going to be a wild summer if they don't get a deal done. It's going to be an absolute wild summer for this franchise because um, I'm, I'm afraid, folks, if you're hoping that the Arizona Coyotes are going to stay in Arizona, yeah, the writing's on the wall, man. I, I, don't, I don't think it's getting done. I mean, call me surprised if it does, but um yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't think it's getting done no i don't think it's getting done but anyway um we'll uh end this half of the episode and uh, when we get back from the break uh we'll go over the standings uh roundup to end the show All right, going into the uh, doldrums of the standings of the NHL right now. Not a lot of movement. Not a lot of movement. The only division that really had a little bit of movement was the Pacific Division, but we'll get to that. So starting from the Atlantic Division, because um, Canada teams got to be Canada teams. So that's another reason why there's not a lot of movement. And I actually take that back. The Metropolitan Division had the most movement. And you know why? Because they don't have any Canadian teams in it um, to hang them up because of pro- provisional uh, issues with um, restrictions on uh, teams, uh, games getting postponed and stuff like that to recoup revenue because they want to, you know, push all the games that were supposed to happen now into March and flipping schedules around and all that bullshit so yeah if the metropolitan division is lucky at least the fans of the metropolitan division are lucky because they don't have to worry about any fucking canadian teams holding the whole league up so yeah that's also why we still have teams that just now got the 30 games played while there's others that are already about to get hit the 40 mark so yay canada you did it you fucking did it um, but yeah, Florida Panthers jump back up to the number one spot, but we're not doing that. We're doing it backwards. Let's go back. All right. Spoiler. <laughs> Florida's leading the division. Um, Montreal still last place. Surprise, surprise. The record was seven, 24 and five. Only had one, uh, only had two losses. I had to add there. 
Florida, uh, Ottawa Senators still seventh place with a record of 10, 18, and two. Buffalo Sabres still sixth place with a record of 11, 19, and six. Detroit Red Wings still fifth place with a record of 16, 17, and five. Boston Bruins still the second uh, wild card in the Eastern Conference and also still number four in the Atlantic Division with a record of 21, 11, and two. They actually uh, had a like four or five, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, four game win streak right now. So that's good uh for them toronto maple leafs still third place with a record of 23 9 and 3 surprised that they haven't hit the uh double digits in the loss column yet but you know hey it's all right uh Tampa bay lightning fall out of the first place into second place with a record of 20 uh 25 9 and 5 and the florida panthers are number one with the record of 25, seven and five, jumping up one spot from second to first. And the only reason why the Florida Panthers are the way that they are is because number one, they have two less over uh, regulation losses and they have games in hand on Tampa Bay. So there you go. Metropolitan Division. Islanders still basement of their division with a record of 11, 12 and six. Only had one game that they played and they won it. But once they... You know, I'm I'm sure that they and the bet still stands. I don't remember what I bet. I'm pretty sure I didn't bet anything, but I just said that I bet that the Islanders will not finish the division, uh, finish the season last in their division. And I will stand by that. Uh, New New Jersey falls down to seventh place once again with a record of 14, 18, and five, dropping down two spots from fifth to seventh. Flyers standing pat at sixth place with a record of 13, 16, and 7. Columbus Blue Jackets with a record of 17, 17, and 1. Jumping up two spots from 7th to 5th. Pittsburgh Penguins standing pat at fourth place with a record of 21, 10, and 5. Holding that first wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. Washington Capitals hold third place spot in the Metropolitan Division with a record of 28, and 9. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes fall out of the first place spot. With a record of 24, 8, and 2, jump, yeah, dropping out the first place spot to second place. And the Rangers take the first place spot, I think, for the first time this season. So congrats to them. With a record of 24, 10, and 4, jumping up one spot from second to first. Now moving on to Central Division. Arizona being Arizona with a record of 8, 23, and 4, which actually today. Is it today? I'm pretty sure it's today. And if it isn't today, it was yesterday. It is. Hmm. Oh, it's on Monday. Monday, where uh, the Montreal Canadiens, who only has seven wins on the season, and Arizona, who currently has eight wins on the season, go out, uh, face each other on ESPN Plus, 3 p.m. on Monday. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of uh, the YouTuber uh, Urinating Tree, but uh, if you haven't, watch him. He's funny. But also, um, does a lot of sports content, and he does all the, the big four uh, leagues. And uh, for the football sort of things, he has um, – I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm not deetering off too much. But uh, he has this thing where uh, when trash teams play each other, he calls it the uh, – the tank bowl um because you know tanking and you know super bowl but tank bowl. You, 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 get, you get it you get it it's funny it's, it's fucking funny but um but yeah that, that's what that 
reminded me of whenever uh, I saw that that matchup. So it's either going to be a high scoring bloodbath or it's going to be a low score a scoring bloodbath. Either or, it's going to be a bloodbath, um, and we're all here to see it unfold. It's going to be great. But yeah, Arizona still eighth place, a record of eight twenty three and four. Chicago still seventh place, a record of fourteen eighteen and five. Dallas Stars still sixth place, record of 18, 14, and two. Winnipeg Jets still fifth place, surprisingly. Surprisingly. For the record of 17, 12, and five. Although it's mainly because Dallas keeps shooting themselves in the foot. Minnesota Wild still fourth place with the record of 22, 10, and two, holding that first wild card spot in the Western Conference. Uh, The St. Louis Blues fall out of second place and into third place with a record of 22, 10, and five. Uh, Colorado Avalanche with a record of 23-8-3 and three, jump up one spot from third to second as they slowly rise up to where we all expected them to finish, uh, which would be in first place. But that isn't right now because the National Predators currently hold for another week the number one spot in the Central Division with a record of 24-12-2. and two. So there you go for the, uh, the Pacific Division, you know, the uh, Central Division. But now we go into the Pacific Division, where the Seattle Kraken uh, lost like four or five straight, still eighth place in the division with a record of 10, 22, and four. Vancouver Canucks with a record of 16, 17, and three stay at seventh place. Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. What in the fuck is going on? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're Canadian teams, and Canadian teams are fucking just not doing shit. <laughs> Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not bashing Canada. Believe you me, I yearn, I yearn for the opportunity to go to Canada to visit. I don't care if it's in Alberta. I don't care if it's in Ontario, Quebec. I don't care. I want to go visit Canada one day. And there's a lot of things you have that are pretty cool. I want to go check it out. You know, you know, believe you me. Now, the thing that's hanging them up professional differences and professional policies but hey that's your country i'm over in mine differences it's okay we all you know we're all gonna look at things differently it's it's fine it's fine but yeah edmonton oilers falling from grace to sixth place out of fourth place to sixth place with a record of 18 14 and two Calgary Flames fall from grace from third place to fifth place with a record of 17, 11, and six. San Jose shot up the wild to the second wild card spot in fourth place in the Pacific Division with a record of 20, 17, and one. Wouldn't have surprised, uh, like, I'm kind of surprised how they are there, but hey, it's going to be a bloodbath in Pacific Division. It's going to be a bloodbath. LA Kings, speaking surprising. Third place. <laughs> They're third place in the division with a record of 19, 13, and 5, jumping up two spots from fifth to third. Anaheim Ducks still second place with a record of 19, 14, and 7. And still first place, the Vegas Golden Knights with a record of 23, 14, and 2. So um, there are your standings for this week until uh, the next week where we see any changes happen. And if games keep getting postponed, well, then I don't know what to tell you. Other than the fact your team's probably not going to move up the standings. 
And honestly, they're probably going to move down the standings, especially if they're playing metropolitan teams in America, because they're going to get battered because some teams have been playing and getting in the flow of things and stuff instead of the stop, start, stop, start, stop, start shit that all the other divisions have to deal with. So, hey, you know, if you had if you had predictions for the standings, it's probably going to be fucked up. That's all I got to say. I know mine is. I had Seattle finishing top three to, in the league. Boy, am I wrong right now. But, hey, right around this time in 2019, the St. Louis Blues were the 31st, uh, 31st out of 31, uh, 31 in the in the league, and then they ended up winning Stanley Cup that year. So, hey, anything's possible. Anything's possible. If you just let your don't let your dreams be dreams, you know, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. All you got to do is go to a bar. After you have your uh, some guy come up, freaking taking the world by storm, you go to a bar, you uh, you find a uh, a song that you really like and play that song a lot of times, and then you just keep playing that song over and over, and then that and then you win. That's how you win. Never mind heroics or anything like that. It was just a song. It was that that was it. That was it. But it's okay because um. We're going to have that happen. Only this time, it's not going to be glory. It's going to be uh, the Beach Boys. Fun, fun, fun. With our freaking uh, beach shirts on. And it's going to be great. We're going to have a second cup in St. Louis. All because of the Beach Boys. And the Beach team. So there you go. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to end this. Because I'm rambling. <laughs> um, catch you all next week. And I'll catch you all next one. Thank you very much.